0: Welcome to The New School.
1: What we wanted to do was talk about the concept of authenticity and vulnerability in an industry that has typically been super buttoned up, super professional, and a little bit old school. Welcome to episode number 13 of the New School Video Podcast. It's your host, Candice. I'm the head of advisor education at VICOM Partners. And in this episode, our CEO, Meg Carpenter, and I had the opportunity to speak to two guests at once. It's the first time we've done it. And we spoke to Arlene Moss and Caroline Des Moines of XY Planning Network. So what's really cool about them is they are quite literally coaching the advisors of the future so if you're not familiar with xy planning network go look them up go follow carolyn and arlene on twitter because they have a real-time take of the things that advisors are struggling with as they chart their own path. So they talk about their take on the imposter syndrome, and it's really not giving yourself the permission or the space to build the business of your dreams. Also this idea that when you come up against problems, sometimes it's the numbers in your business and it's it's looking at that, but sometimes it's the emotional block. We are so aligned with them in ethos that we enjoyed this so much. We think you're going to feel it, you're going to love it, and you're going to get a lot of how They approach coaching and helping advisors take their business to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what I think is a really special episode. It's the first time we ever are having two guests and what two incredible guests we could have except the coaches of XY Planning Network. These ladies are I want to say formidable in the field. I've experienced firsthand you actually speaking with and coaching advisors, and I'm always so impressed by it. And I'm impressed by you, just the depth of heart and authenticity, and I just really feel like everything you exude as new school. Welcome Arlene Moss, the executive business coach of XY Planning Network and Carolyn Des Moines, the marketing coach of XY Planning Network. Ladies, there's so much to say about you. I'd love for you just to give us a
2: quick sneak peek into who you are and what the new school means to you. Sure, I'll go first, Arlene, and then uh, I'll pass it over to you. Uh, so I am Carolyn. I'm based in Boston, Mass, and I've been doing marketing for small businesses my career thus far. I really love uh, the XY Planning Network because of that element. There's a lot of advisors who are in their first, you know, five, ten years of running their own firms. And so my small business background, you know, boots on the ground, doing marketing with all different types of budgets, zero to you know, uh, five figures in a month kind of thing. Um, on the personal side, I am a new mom and navigating that in the past year or so. Uh, and I love yoga and running, but mostly I think we're here to talk about marketing. So let's uh, get into that. And Arlene, what's up with you?
3: I'm the executive business coach over at XY Planning Network. I've been working in the fee only space with advisors since the early 2000s which makes me feel very old but that's okay Um, (laughs) i i just love it um it's and being able to be part of xy planning network uh lets me get in front of a lot of different advisors and and preach my my mantra of getting to be yourself serve who you want to serve i and, and just be out there in whatever way you need to be in the space serving your clients. Um, on the personal side, uh, I am not raising children. I am experiencing life with no children on the dole. All my kids graduated from college this year. So that's been a new and different experience. Um, we're ready for the pandemic to end so we can uh, travel more. So,
1: And what does the new school mean to each of you?
2: Oh, right. Sorry. I forgot that side of things. Yeah. So I love the new school conversation and movement. Um, It's just basically the opposite of old school to me. Right. I think in this industry, though, it has looked a lot like thinking independently, um, thinking for yourself, doing what feels truly right for you. and maybe even I would go as far as say sometimes it's less about the numbers than it is about the people. Uh, for, for our industry, I think a lot of the stories that I hear and the history in it is it's, it's all about those facts and figures. And while those are certainly important from a business standpoint, um, it's also important to think about the people behind it. And I, I think that's the sh- real shift I'm seeing with the new school way of being an advisor.
3: Interesting. I love seeing how our we have a different emphasis, Carolyn. Um, when I think of old school, I think of, you know, the 40 hour work week, the suit and tie, the commute, uh, being really asset focused and and kind of separating who you are. You leave you leave who you are at home and you go to the office and you are a producer. That's kind of what I think of as old school and new school. I think of as a place where you have permission to ask yourself questions and come to your own answers. So it's not just a checklist of the things you should be doing. You get to ask what, you know, who do you want to work with? How do you want to work with them? Um, what gives you balance and and excites you and gets you ready to pursue your why every day? We, we lean on why a lot at XY Planning Network. And that's what I think new school is um, and being able to shift with that through the the seasons of your business and know that you don't have a right way or a way you should run your business at any given moment so to me that's kind of where new school comes in it gives you space to think of your own questions and very you know and own the answers to those
0: questions oh I love both of those responses so much and I feel like there's a lot that we're going to get to dig into today. I think that it's super cool for us to have both of you here because from my view, and Candice certainly validated it at the top, like I view both of you as super new school in the industry. And I, have I've seen you bringing a new school approach and everything you've done since I've had the pleasure of, you know, getting to know you and follow you. And also you work with XY Planning Network, which is not the new kid on the block anymore, but I remember when XO Planning Network launched and the chatter and the talk at conferences and the advisors that were in my opinion, you know, just leading with fear and saying that model never works. It's never going to work. You can't build a sustainable business like that. And then to look at the power of Exoay Planning Network today and to see the leader that the organization has become, to look at the amazing advisors that are part of the network and to see what you all have fostered as far as the community. I mean, to me, it's like such a clear demonstration of a very new school organization and so you know you've both been with the organization for a long time like, tell us a little bit about the journey like is it so different now than it was when it launched like there's been the move to independence and i think xy planning network was at like the, the forefront of a certain type of that transition but like what was it like in the early days at xy planning network and then how could you, how would you contrast that to your experience at the organization today
3: it's interesting. Carolyn and I can both speak to the early days because both of us started. I laughed that you know, when I met Alan, he was just a dude at the table and T-shirts. And it's just like all Alan all the time. Um, you know, we still we hold on to our roots, um, not in a detrimental way, but in a we know who we are. Yeah, you know, We have our core values in I don't even know, probably 16-inch letters in our main conference room. And we know those core values and live by them every day. So we still get the good old school, um, Alan used to call it, you know, the pissed off associate advisor. And we still get that a lot. Uh, We get the failed succession plan. But more so, the really cool thing as we've grown and some of those naysayers have taken a second look is we get folks that are excited about Branching out, bringing planning to clients that are traditionally underserved. Uh, we are we are the end of hey, come see me after you got your first million. We have we have gotten rid of that ridiculous statement. We love to have planners that want to help you change the trajectory by making decisions in your twenties, your thirties, your forties, rather than oh sweet, you're fifty and you've got a million. Great, now I'm ready to work with you. So. I, I'm straying from your question a little bit, I think so. um, But I'm really excited to see how we've gone from our, you know, first 30 members to almost 1500 as of today. uh, And we're still supporting creativity and all the hard work it takes to bring that creativity to fruition.
2: I totally agree, Arlene, in terms of the early days when this was first getting off the ground, X Y planning as a concept, um, we have definitely held on to our values. It's kind of like the why of the company. The way I see it, Alan and Michael were very clear on that in the beginning, that we are starting this business because of this reason. These are the kind of culture we want to develop as we grow. These are the kinds of people we want to serve and what we're going to offer in the world. That has held very steady. And then even on the inside, I think they have uh, been able to support their community um, as well as the team that's growing incredibly quickly because of those values, but also their, relation to who they're working with. And I see that a lot with advisors. Sometimes it's like the more successful you can become as an independent advisor is uh, often tied to how well you're able to empathize or relate with the people you're trying to help. Mm. That feels very new school too. It's not totally a, it's not solely a logical business move. It's often like fueled by heart, by passion by meaning and Alan and Michael have that they held on to it and I see lots of members who had that same kind of grit and passion with the business acumen <laughs> like thrive. Um, plus they've it's in the way we've grown too, I would often recommend to other independent business owners, which is to grow in a sustainable way. Uh, Arlene and I both came on as contractors first, and that's just one little example of something that I would often recommend. It's like, if you're going to hire for your firm, maybe don't hire five full time people right away. You know, try managing someone in a contracted position to get your feet wet, or you know, get that junior planner. Um, uh, on some sort of arrangement other than full-time. And I think that was a really cool part of the way they've grown too. Now now we've got our, our legs underneath us and we're hiring full-time people from day one. But that experience of, of the team growing from two to four to the first 10 was a really important experience that Arlene and I had.
1: I'm embarrassed to say that I almost teared up as Carolyn was talking. I was like, am I <laughs> going to like cry on this podcast? That's very weird. <laughs> 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 but it's like such a beautiful company and you're this when you're in company of people where it just feels like-minded where you're like we're in alignment here what we're saying what we're talking about what we see what we believe what we know in our heart the heart is the way we think should think should be right and it's not necessarily that they are that way but it's what we believe would help everyone like ultimately be and I think that it's it's this idea of being um uh, you know, Carolyn, we talk about it a lot in terms of having similar worldviews, creating community from that. One of our previous guests, West Cow, who you will love, um, who launched a cohort, is, is the founder of a cohort-based learning uh, platform that's about to launch. Talked about the idea of shared language and how that's really what helps us to feel like we belong, and that sense of belonging is what helps us. Groups really move ideas forward, right? So how has, do you think the power of XY Planning Network's community helped these advisors, you know, fulfill upon their whys? Like, what have you seen? Like, what has that experience been
2: like? Do you, <laughs> do you want to start, Arlene? I mean, there's I, so I, much I there.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I, we, do, we do get teary eyed occasionally on, uh, on all hands and, and so forth. So, if you're going to get teary eyed, Candace, it's going to be. <laughs> uh, so, the way I see our community, and, and this has evolved, you know, when we look at what was community like with those first you know, 30, 35 advisors, what is community, what does it look like with 1,500? And we dream about what's it going to look like at 5,000. Those are going to be different things, but by holding on to our why, we get to make that space for people to hold on to theirs. Uh, we have a lot of small cohorts within X Y where folks they come in with the I want to search Gen X and Y. I have this big picture. Of my Y matches X Y, so they so they join X Y P N, and then they're like, Oh wait. I want to serve, I was just talking to somebody yesterday, real estate investors. She said, Oh yeah, I have my real estate investor study group in XY. We have, you know, now that we have bulk, we have that ability to focus. You know, faith-based planners, SRI, ESG folks, you know, they can connect, they can find their people within XY. Um, you know, are you serving, you know, LGBT community? Um, are you serving, you know, pre-retirees? And and we have gotten away from everybody's got to be young. If you're over 35, we're not going to serve you. I think that was an illusion in the early days. And now I joke, you know, Gen X, you're not as young as you used to be. Yeah, so, uh, so we have this breadth and the more we grow, the more folks can focus in on that avatar, that client avatar, and then find other folks that are serving that. We are, we are living and breathing abundance mentality over at XYPN for sure. And it helps grow that community.
1: Tell us more about that abundance mentality.
3: What is that? Oh, gracious, I'm sorry. Explanatory, comma. <laughs> and, and abundance mentality, for those of you who are saying, Arlene, quit throwing around catchphrases. Um, it really means we are looking at, there's plenty to go around for all of us. We don't need to compete. And to me, that is the glorious win of the entire fee only side of the industry is there are so many people out there who need to be served. They need planners. They need planners that understand their specific problems that you don't have to look at that person. And say, oh, you serve real estate investors. So do I. Ooh, I better be better than you. That's absolutely not how it is. It's like, oh, You, you serve real estate investors too. So do I, let's collaborate. Let's learn from one another because there's plenty to go around and you can send referrals. Oh, I don't work with real estate investors. So I'm going to send them to my friend. So-and-so, oh, I work with professional gamers. I don't want to work with retirees. I'm going to send them to my friend over here who works with retirees. And it's just this great place where everyone gets lifted up because there's plenty to go around. I get very excited about abundance mentality. Sorry, I'll just take a step back and calm down.
0: Now. <laughs> I love your passion so much. And I feel like that abundance mentality that you're referencing is such a cool part of the evolution of this industry and also something that I just can't wait to become mainstream. And, you know, we see it quite often on sort of like the B2B side of our business, right? So within the community, we've got all of these service providers, which XY Planning Network is a service provider. We serve the advisory community. And I just feel like all too often we're missing within the service provider community, we're missing that abundance mentality. And so often it's much more about competition, judgment first, you know, and it's like, I just wish that we could all have a powwow where we could talk about, you know, I don't have to lift myself up by putting someone else down. And there is more than enough to go around in this industry. There's, what, 330,000 financial advisors and growing. The number of enterprises, platforms, businesses. I mean, there's just so much excitement, so much happening, so much investment in the space. But you often find that, you know, in order for people to lift themselves up, they, they do so by putting others down. And we've seen that in the advisory community as well, unintentionally often. But to your point, Arlene, it's like, well, you know, my competitor is so-and-so down the street because they serve the exact same market or I don't want to be talking about this topic on video because this advisor down the road does and I want to be differentiated. And it's like, well, if you're really aligned in yourself and you know why you do what you do and you know who you do it for, the goal should be to just worry about making sure that your message is in front of that person and not worry about anything else. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's just a huge growth area for us, like for service providers, but for advisors. And so it's really cool to hear from your perspective that that's such a core tenet of XOI Planning Network and the work that you do. So thank you for sort of bubbling that up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask a question about you know, helping advisors, which you both do, your coaches, you work with advisors every single day. And I'm curious to just hear your feedback on when you feel like an an advisor, I mean, maybe Arlene, to use your words, like aren't giving themselves the permission or Carolyn, maybe in what you're seeing, like they're just not able to separate the human side from the logic side. Like, how do you help them through that those barriers, I mean, I've put them up, I know what that feels like, and I know how scary it can be to take them down. Like, How do you work through that?
2: That's when coaching definitely comes into play well, because sometimes all you need is the right question to be asked to you. But the way to approach it is, I think, to first acknowledge whether a, an individual, a business owner, a company at large is is overly emotional driven right now or overly lo- logic uh, logically driven right now just to give those like rough labels, but you know, what's going on? Are we way too freaked out and afraid, aggressive, or are we um, being far, far too logical? And then, consider ways to look at the other side. So for instance, abundance mentality, if people aren't feeling like there's enough to go around, if they're feeling like I'm I'm just working myself to the bone to get my next two clients, that is a signal that, Hey, we're not in abundance. In fact, we're afraid we're um, getting desperate. That's an emotional thing. So I'm glad Meg, you brought up a figure. Cause if you're feeling that stress, Um, Let's look at some numbers. Let's let's anchor ourselves in, in some facts to counterbalance the emotion. Similarly, if someone is so in the numbers and so obsessed with the metrics, sometimes that also is a signal that they are not acknowledging what they're truly feeling, which is I I hate my brand right now, or, or I have all these clients that I no longer want to serve, or I'm growing, but I don't have enough resources. So I'm just like obsessing about my stats. Um, and that's really where I look first is where is the balance, uh, kind of tipping too strongly in one direction. You have to acknowledge personality though. I think every individual has their own like even baseline that might be one more than another, but they feel good about it. Right. So it's, it's like, what's the status? Are they frantic or, or not, <laughs> you know, is there a problem? It's not that it has to be 50 50 for every single person either.
3: hmm mm-hmm so much of this you know, granting of permission it that's so often what folks want to hear um they're not sure we we live in a world where we're just so pelted with shoulds and expectations and while I am not creating a space for everyone to just sit on the couch and eat Cheetos for the rest of their life, I am giving, but I do love Cheetos on occasion, (laughs) don't get me wrong, don't change the Cheetos, Uh, but I do want folks to be able to create their own journey and really take time to look at what do you want this journey to be, where are you headed, and and what is it going to take you to get there in the time frame you want to get there? So, what what do you want your life to look like? And give yourself. Keep reminding them you have permission. I hereby give you permission. You can give yourself permission to live live your own life. Um, I lean on a phrase that honestly, my husband gave it to me. I can't even take credit. Uh, I tend to get stupidly competitive in sports that I have absolutely no skill set for but I'm so ridiculously competitive. And one of these is cycling. I'm not fast. I'm not really very good, Uh, but I love it. And he has to tell me, "You ride your own ride. You don't need to be with the fast skinny butt guys at the front of the pack. You're okay. You're riding your own ride. And that's, I bring that to my coaching for all these planners is you have permission to ride your own ride.
1: So I, you know, I'd love some coaching on this one. So like so I think what we I you know we resonate with everything you're saying when we're coaching advisors going through our advisor education program or our clients on the agency side about uh, realigning to their why and getting really specific about their who When we're contrasting that with abundance mentality, it's kind of a tricky area because it's counterintuitive for a lot of advisors. If you say, you know, you're going to focus on serving this type of person because you serve them best based on who you are, there is this fear, the fear that comes up, right, around, well, if I'm too specific, I'm going to miss a whole bunch of people. My business is not going to be successful. This is business. To your point, Carolyn, numbers. Like I have to like drive numbers. And even though my emotions may want to connect with that, I can't connect my emotions with the number, the bridge. How do? You, and I know Alan and Kitsis talk about, niches you said quiches or niches or niches for riches like what is your coaching around this and and what are you seeing when advisors actually are clear on both their why and their who
2: yeah it's a I mean it's a huge one I would argue you can't be successful unless you know exactly who you're trying to connect with so the first step of growing a business is marketing and then it's sales and then it's serving and then it's like thriving or excelling. (laughs) So in order to get any sort of sale or lead you, you are whether you know it or not marketing yourself and marketing is simply, if you boil it down, it's it's word choice and it's, it's visual expression or verbal expression or written expression. Um, But we've all read something that doesn't resonate. We've all read something that doesn't feel like it's for us. So when you choose a target, you can mark it in a way that they will like. If you choose no target, you're going to be washed out. <laughs> you're going to look like everybody else. And it's not going to be very compelling, right? It's kind of like put your stake in the ground. And then what actually happens is you, you know, I might say Candace is my perfect client. And if I create my entire brand and uh, marketing and host events or do a podcast, and whatever style or method of communication you want to choose, if I do it for Candice, all of my decisions are easier to make. I'm actually clicking with it with a Candace. And what in reality happens is people similar to Candice also, like what they're seeing and hearing and knowing about the firm. Um, so it's not just that I need to get a clone of Candace times a hundred, you know, it's, I'm going to be something to someone. And then folks show up who also have similar life, uh, views or perspectives or pain points, personalities as a Candace, um, in terms of like coaching someone through that. The fastest way i found to get there, if someone doesn't really have an avatar or a target market, um, that is a huge market. It's not really any sort of a meaningful label. Uh, Plus, to get into the weeds, what person walks around saying, I'm a young professional? (laughs) That's not even a thing we self-identify with. So um, anyway, but to coach on that, if, if someone doesn't really have any idea, I usually go to the advisor and I say, what's meaningful to you? What's your story? Tell me about you. Because if they're not clear, you can at least know yourself. And then if we say, what do you care about Meg? And Meg tells me about her life and what she truly in her heart of hearts is passionate about, or wants to see a change in the world, or just you name it, then we can say, who wants that? Okay, Meg. If you're passionate about those things and you would love to create a business around these things, let's get honest about that, own it, and say who's going to want what Meg has. Um, So there's multiple ways. There's always a different circumstance, but in general, that's a pretty fail-proof way of getting to the heart of it. When we look at the effects of that kind of decision, the data time and time again. We do an annual benchmarking survey and people who have a niche or a niche are growing exponentially. Like the bar chart is really exciting over time when you, you compare non niche firms to niche firms. Um, So that's available to the public. I think Arlene can correct me, but I think it's for, for purchase or it was at some point, if you want to see the data or you can just trust me here today, that (laughs) it's an exponential growth. You know, the first year or two, you might, get a little wary or a little scared because sometimes you have to build up that brand and that credibility, but then there is the tipping point, usually year three, four, that the bar chart just goes hockey stick style.
3: I find that this, this battle gets a little bit easier. I don't know if it's easier because of technology or if it's easier because Alan and Michael have been beating the drum for so long; everybody's heard. Uh, but either way, I'll take it. Um, with you know, when I have folks that are struggling to, yeah, and they say, "I just can't do it. I'm not going to be able to sign people if I if I focus in so much." Um, I just remind them, "What's your capacity? Tell me again how many clients you think you can handle." And you know, seventy five to hundred is. Pretty common number uh, for some folks, a little bit less, others maybe a little bit more. But, yeah, that's it's pretty common. I'm like, OK. And how many people like this do you think there might be in your state or in the country? And then usually they chuckle because they know they're going to say a really big number. Um, even even if you go beyond, you know, young professionals with children. Um, I laugh when people come in. You know, I'm going to serve women oh, really narrowed it down there, didn't you? And it's like, no, let's come in a little bit. What kind? There's lots of different kinds of us. Um, So I do really challenge anyone that's worked with me knows that if you can't handle humor in coaching and me nudging you with little jokes and challenging your thoughts, uh, you're, you're in the wrong place. But it's okay to just you know, make them see those numbers. Like, oh yeah, there's like 10,000 of those people in the country. Uh, even the most, you know, the most rare, we have a few in XY that work with professional gamers. Now most of the country is still going, wait, a professional gamer, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas they're over there saying, well, yes, it is. And that's what I'm focused on. And I'm turning people away because there's only a few of me in the entire industry. So
0: I love that you have the data to back it up because I feel like there's still this just disbelief or unwillingness to believe that this type of marketing, this focus works. And you know, the four of us, we see it work every single day with everybody that we work with, but data help. So maybe we can find the stat and include it in our show notes. And I think, too, like to go back to your point earlier, Arlene, which you were totally channeling Glenn and Doyle. I was having like a very untamed moment when you were talking about riding your own ride. I was like, yes. We <laughs> all <laughs> need to ride our own ride i gonna run a damn ride every day.
3: I I have to tell myself that, and I even have it on my road. I don't even remember road, road ID. That's what it's called. It, I had it engraved on that because I was like, I've got to remember this. I got to live by this.
0: So good, so good. You know, and you have to give yourself that permission to allow yourself to really open up and to be true about what you are passionate about you know, why you do what you do. And if you don't give yourself the permission, you're not actually going to be totally honest with yourself. And then that's where like the disconnect is. And that's where we find that there's most often misalignment, you know? And so I feel like you guys obviously work so much with XY planning network members, but do you feel like, do you feel like the XY planning network community is just like so much more committed to this than, the rest of the advisor population? And if so, why? Like, is there something about the psychographic of the members or the way that they, you know, maybe just that they've chosen, they've opted in. Like, I'm curious to know, like, is it just that we're here? Like we've reached this inflection point in the industry that there's more and more advisors who are willing to look inward, you know, have those conversations with themselves? Is that specific to XY Planning Network? Do you see it less often outside of the community?
3: I don't think I want to say that it's unique. I hope I don't get in trouble from the marketing department for this (laughs) one, but I think there are other groups out there uh, that are grasping their, their own truth and what they stand for. Um, You know, the, the, old guard, I don't know if I should call it that, but you know, ACP, the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners and Garrett Planning Network um, have both come in and had these small niche focuses of their own to help planners find like-minded planners. Um, NAPA, you know, NAPFA is, is this in a, in a way because it's fee only in a world where commissions still run rampant. So I don't think we're, I don't think we're the only ones. Um, are we the best ones? Maybe so.
2: <laughs> I'll stand with you on that, Arlene. I it, There are many reasons to come to X, Y. This is a big part. It's not a requirement to be a member, but it is kind of a big part of what we share as an education on what works. Um, however, looking outside of the network, I think the bigger trend is independent advisors seeing this and being able to take advantage of the reality because they are able to make these decisions, these big strategic decisions for their own firm. So that I would say is more of the correlation or what have you is the independent advisors saying, Oh gosh, uh, this is undeniable and I'm going to give it a go. And then they prove it to themselves. But that's also, I think a big reason why people go independent is the ability to think for myself and, you know, Uh, set the strategy, create a business that I'm actually excited to get out of bed and run. Uh, So it's not, again, it's not always the math. It's also sometimes how good it feels (laughs) to serve clients you like and have um, similar ways of looking at the world. Those types of relationships, Carolyn,
3: you're getting right into it. If If you're out in the world where asset gathering is your main thing and focusing totally on those investments is your it is all such a core part of what you do. That's a very different relationship with your clients than those who are focusing on that life cleaning, truly a a comprehensive look at all the parts of your life and giving people space to create those client relationships Oh, that you want to get teary eyed, Candace? Let's talk about <laughs> some client stories because that's when I get all, all weepy. I, you know, the, the people, they're saving lives, they're changing lives every single day. And it's so wonderful to be part of that.
1: I feel, I feel is often with our guests, but especially with the both of you on YouTube, it's like a part two, like part to do. They could do, like, because. Um, little known fact for anyone who's listening, but I've worked quite a lot with Carolyn when we launched the growth marketing workshop for XYPN. And I think in the beginning, we didn't know if it was going to work. And Carolyn and I started, we started seeing the advisor response would come and we'd be like,
0: oh my god!" like crying,
1: like, just like, so can you believe it? (laughs) Like, you know, like, would you remember that Carolyn?
2: Oh, yes. We'd be texting back and forth, saying, "Did you see so and so's? You know, comment on so and so's work." And it's just, it's. I hope it doesn't sound too cheesy to the folks listening, but it's um, the call out. I would say is if you know anyone that is focused on a target market or has really adopted a modern way of growing an independent firm, reach out to them. Just ask them how it's going and start collecting your own evidence because uh, it's it's true. Arlene and I see it every day. I know Candice and Meg, you're in the thick of it. There's a lot of meaningful work happening. So go out and get your own evidence if you're not yet convinced.
1: Yeah. And it always comes back to that authentic why and who. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on. It was such an honor, such a joy. I speak for myself. I know as well as Meg, it is. Such a delight. Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you?
2: You can find me on Twitter, XYPN Marketing Coach, but marketing is not spelled out the whole way. It's M-K-T-G.
3: Oh, goodness. I'm so much (laughs) (laughs) I I, Most of my interaction is on on Twitter as well. Sorry, LinkedIn. I'm trying, but I'm just still really lousy. Uh, But you can just find me at Arlene D. Moss. I'm out there on Fintwit.
0: I was just going to add that if you are, for the advisors that are listening, and if you want any additional insight, if you'd love to hear some evidence that Carolyn and Arlene have experienced in their careers. Reach out to them on Twitter. You are both so gracious with your time and your openness and willingness to share um, and help advisors who are doing really meaningful things grow better businesses. So, I invite everyone listening. If you have any follow-ups, to please reach out to them because these two ladies are phenomenal resources.
3: Happy to. Thank you so
0: much for having us. This was delightful.